for the Athletic Podcast Network. This is the update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Melissa Lockhart, who covers Major League Baseball as well as Minor League Baseball for the Athletic, about how some of the minor leaguers across the nation are facing suspensions due to the new policing policy instituted or about to be instituted by Major League Baseball focused on stopping the doctoring of baseballs with foreign substance by pitchers. We can talk to Melissa about that, as well as what's going on with the depth in the San Francisco Giants organization. Guys like Sam Long will be looking to get a debut start sometime later this evening, as well as several minor leaguers who have been moved up to the Giants' major league roster this year due to the rash of injuries that both they're facing along with those across Major League Baseball. All things we can talk about with Melissa Lockard, who joins me next. Today is Wednesday, June 9th. Always a pleasure when we can welcome Melissa Locker to the podcast. She does a great job covering minor league baseball for The Athletic, among baseball in general. And Melissa did a great job, it seems like. Is it daily? Is it series-wise? You've been putting out all these notes on minor leaguers for both the A's and the Giants. It's been a lot of fun to follow. I kind of go to your your threads to keep track of what's going on. I saw Joey Bard, a 4-for-4 four four night the other day with a home run. I've been following you and your coverage of the minor leaguers all season long. How are you? And, uh, and how's the start to the minor league season been? Yeah, well, thanks, Adam. I'm glad uh, somebody's checking that daily thread out because it, it, it is taking a bit of time to do every night. But um, yeah, no, it's been good to have it back. You know, it's it's almost like it was a, away for a year and you forget what the rhythm of the whole season is. And, you know, obviously things are not 100% normal and yet it does feel pretty normal, which is awesome considering everything that all these guys went through last year without having a season. So still getting used to the new new league names and kind of the flow of different affiliates in different places, but still minor league baseball and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, the new league names and the teams, I mean, I, like I know the new, the Eugene Emeralds have been up there for a while, but now they're a Giants affiliate. Now you got to get used to them as the high A team and San Jose as the low A team. Is there a league or a team or a, uh, an affiliate in particular that you've found the most interesting or maybe the most exciting based on the talent? That Eugene team has got a lot of really interesting players. Obviously, Patrick Bailey, uh, the top, top pick that the Giants took last year, went directly there um, to make his pro debut. Will Wilson, who they didn't get to see play a minor league season after acquiring him from the Angels last year. Um, he's put up great numbers for them. Hunter Bishop is supposed to be playing there. He's been hurt since the first week of the season, but I assume we'll get back there as well. So that's been a fun team. Caleb Killian, you know, just killed it, like his name, (laughs) (laughs) out of the rotation. And Eugene is already up in Richmond. So that's been a lot of fun, too. And then, of course, you know, that low A San Jose team has got Marco Luciano, Luis Matos, Alexander Canario, uh, Kyle Harrison. So a lot of really high upside players who, um, you know, started off like looking like high upside, very um, inexperienced players, and have really hit a, a nice stride over the last few weeks and have come together as a team. So a lot of good talent all up and down the Giants uh, organization right now. Yeah, get to San Jose uh, sooner rather than later if you want to see some of these guys because they may not be there for that long. We'll see what happens. But I guess that's maybe my next question for you is how has the, and I've seen this with the Giants a little bit, because of COVID and because they've still had to sort of keep teams in pods and with each other they have not been able to call up anybody directly like from double a to the majors not that you see that a ton anyway but on occasion you'll see players sort of skip a rung or a level of the minor leagues and i was thinking about this last weekend actually i was listening to the giants pregame and they were doing a this date in history on jason schmidt striking out 16 florida marlins and one of the guys he got in the ninth inning was miguel cabrera and i was thinking boy that guy came up from double a to the majors and helped the marlins win a world series in 2003 so what's the situation right now with calling guys up they have to come from triple a you can move guys from double a to triple a i know the giants have been moving guys up and down it seems like over the last couple weeks can you explain that to me a little bit 
Yeah, so the the real pod is AAA up through the big leagues, right? So that's sort of the protected. It's that whole group that when they talk about the 85% vaccination rate for organizations, that actually extends down to their AAA rosters. Mm -hmm. So players who come up from any other level to AAA are required to quarantine for four days. So I don't know if you noticed that Matt Frisbee, who got off to also a really great start as a starter with uh, AA Richmond, he got called up at the same time as Caleb Killian, moved up from high A to double A, but he's only made one start for Sacramento because he had to sit out those four days before getting into their rotation. Once you're in that triple A pod, though, then you are free to be able to be, you know, essentially called up at any time to the big leagues. So that's where you kind of are going to see maybe teams tipping their hand a little bit about who they're, you know, really looking at for call-ups. They're going to have to do a little more advanced planning than they would have used to be able to do. But like, for instance, Elliot Ramos in double A, you know, he won't be considered a possibility for a call-up until you see him on that AAA roster for at least four days. So that's what we're dealing with this year. I don't think that's going to be a permanent thing at all. That's just a kind of a COVID-related thing. But uh, it's definitely a little quirk to this season. Yeah, and you're right. It's a little telling. Like, you can see a team maybe show their hand a little bit if you see somebody get promoted. You can you can pay some attention there and think, oh, boy, that guy might end up at the big league level at some point. So I want to get back into that stuff in just a minute as far as, as some of the players to pay attention to and maybe somebody who the Giants may be calling up to make a start here or, or help out in the bullpen sometime soon. I want to get into that. But first. I think we should address you know the biggest story that's going on around baseball now and it seems like the biggest stories in baseball I don't know that it's every year but it seems maybe for the last I don't know 25 years or so it's a lot of times scandal we had this whole thing last year where we were dealing with the you know structure of the contracts could we get the players back and before that it was uh, potential steroid use and after that in between these two things it was the cheating scandal by the Astros and now we're talking about foreign substances and doctoring baseballs and I'm wondering the impact that this is going to have on the minor leagues because they're going to start policing this stuff we're seeing guys RPMs drop now over the last week at the major league level we've seen some minor leaguers get suspended the Giants had Kaiwei Tang suspended from the Eugene Emeralds for 10 games this this is a big deal. This could change, you know, sort of the landscape of offense for this year in Major League Baseball. I'm wondering what the trickle-down effect is here to the minor leagues. How close is it being monitored? Are they going to be policed differently? Obviously, we don't have all that news yet, but what has been the reaction that you're hearing or that you're seeing from minor league baseball? This is one of those crackdowns where I actually think, you know, it's needed and it's needed at all levels because it is something that, you know, it doesn't affect the health of a player the way steroids did, obviously, but it, it does affect the play. Right now, I think you've seen, especially in the minor leagues, uh, the pitchers have been well ahead of the hitters. And, and, and that could just be in part because pitching is always ahead of hitting when you look at minor, you know, like a spring training situation. And there's a little bit of that with the layoff last year. But, you know, a lot of it is because these guys can go to any, you know, kind of pitch, pitching lab or whatever offseason work that they do. And all those places are going to have kind of, you know, I don't know what the exact word would be, substances or ideas about how you can kind of increase your grip in order to be able to do these sort of high spin rate fastballs that are up in the zone. I think, you know, with breaking balls, there is some sense that people can do that on their own, just changing their grips without actually having to have a substance. And, you know, breaking balls have improved over time, I think, just because of technology and being able to see my finger on this part of the baseball is what's allowing this to spin this way. But for a fastball, you know, there should be a limit to how fast, how, how frequently a ball should be able to spin based on how fast you're throwing it. And, and that limit has been really kind of blown out of the water by these substances. And, you know, it makes for boring games. I mean, not to say that a well-pitched game isn't exciting, but when it's a well-pitched game that involves literally no balls in play, that's not that exciting. You know, like a good defense and pitching can be very, you know, aesthetically pleasing, but a bunch of guys just swing through fastballs that are up at the letters. 
isn't really that much fun for anybody. And it really stunts the growth of the entire game. So, you know, I think getting those substances under control, perhaps coming up with a consensus of what is okay to use, I think would be good because I do think having, you know, some khaki grip is important. Um, You know, so having maybe some sort of rosin mixture that is available on every mound in affiliated baseball that everyone uses you know, I think would be fine for the game. And there's getting everybody on the same page. And then, you know, you're evening the playing field. And so talent is really what separates people as opposed to this sort of extraneous stuff. And that's ultimately what all of this is about, right? With child stealing and everything mm-hmm. else is just trying to even out the playing field for everybody. And I think that's that's important for the game. That's so well said by you that, you know, not to say a well-pitched game, everybody loves a, you know, a Jack Morris and John Smoltz going into the 10th inning of a World Series game. That's fantastic. A perfect game is fantastic. But like I'm thinking in my head, what's the greatest moment of the Matt Cain perfect game? It's probably the Gregor Blanco defensive catch, right. right? That was a smoked ball off the bat of Jordan Schaefer where somebody had to make a great play. You don't really think about the strikeouts as much, even though he struck out 14 guys that night. You think about uh, the great defensive play. So you're right. Putting the ball in play is is certainly going to help this out. Do you think, and this is just sort of me asking you not about nothing you've experienced reporting wise, but thinking, do you think the offense that we'll see an uptick or that there will be like a a benchmark in the season, sort of a divide pre-policing, post-policing AD and BC after uh, we figure out what's happening here with uh, with how we police the, the grip Will the offense uptick, you think? I think there's a chance there will be, yeah. And I think, you know, it'll be a little muddied because I think there's going to be an off, an uptick in the second half in, in general just because, again, I think that there was a lot of, you know, pitching is ahead of hitting uh, when you have a layoff. And, and you've got a mix of players in the big leagues right now. Most of them played last year because they were in the big league in that little 60-game season, but some of them didn't or were only in the alternate site where it wasn't really, um, you know, kind of the competitive baseball that you're used to. And there is some actual just you need to be out there and playing for a certain amount of time for things to catch up. So I do think it'll be hard to say that this, you know, apples to apples, this is exactly why things change. But, yeah, I mean, you know, if you can't get away with a 93-mile-per-hour fastball up at the letters because it's spinning so fast anymore, you know, offense has to improve, right? These hitters are still just as talented as they were two years ago. It's not like all of a sudden everybody turned into pumpkins. So I think, you know, making those pitches a little bit more – realistic to the talent of the pitchers that are throwing them is definitely going to change something. Unless you're talking Willie and Zastadio, but that's the kind of pumpkin I want on my team. Right. I want. Exactly. <laughs> He's kind of shaped like Tor- a pumpkin. Tortuga, right? Yeah. <laughs> I like him, man. Tortuga. Yeah, a yeah. little turtle, dude. He's got the little head and the big shell. So, uh, yeah, a, couple, absolutely. a couple of guys I want to ask you about just before we get out here. Uh, Bruce Maxwell, a guy you're familiar with uh, mm-hmm. in your time covering the A's. And uh, he's had a bit of a checkered past. It's something Susan Slusser had said this week. But the Giants brought him in. They made a trade with the Mets organization. And with Farhan, I was joking earlier this week, you can never tell. He's either going to be here and it'll be one one of the greatest moves ever made in baseball, or he could get DFA'd in like two weeks and you go, ah, well, didn't really think much about it. So the Giants don't have a lot of big league experience at the catcher position right now. He's reporting to AA Richmond, it sounds like. What can you tell us about this acquisition and, and maybe what the plans are for the Giants and Bruce Maxwell here? He's a guy, he's got 120 big league you know, games under his belt as a catcher. He, he's developed and worked really hard to become a very solid defensive catcher. He was an offensive catcher coming out of out of college. And so he's somebody that automatically gives you sort of a bit of a safety net. Obviously, starting out at double A Richmond, he'll have to, as we talked about, go through those protocols to get up to do triple A to the big leagues. But, you know, he's somebody who's been there. He's somebody who can handle some pretty talented pitchers because he can give that advice. 
a very smart guy, you know, someone who really knows the game well. Um, and, you know, it deserves a chance. I mean, I think he went through a really tough period of his life. He made a stand that, you know, a lot of people now, I think, would have realized, you know, why he was making that stand at the time that maybe didn't kind of realize it then. And he took it all kind of on his shoulders, which was a lot for anybody to carry. And I think, you know, he's made it through that. He's worked really hard on his own personal issues. And I, I really do. I hope he gets a great opportunity with the Giants. Obviously, it is an organization that knows him pretty well. There's guys that he's worked with in the age organization that are in the Giants coaching staff now. So hopefully it's somebody, you know, who can spread his wings a little bit, um, maybe get comfortable at double-A, get a chance up at triple-A. You know, who knows how long Kurt Caselli's going to be out for, and if they're not 100% sure that they want Joey Bart in sort of a backup situation when he gets up there, you know, this gives them another person that they can look at if they decide to make a different move, you know, at the backup catcher position down the road. No move too small, says Farhan Zaidi, and this could be one that, <laughs> uh, to your point, helps them defensively, you know, needing some help or, or somebody with a little bit of experience and a guy Farhan's familiar with. So, Hey, one more guy I want to ask you about, uh, and he's just been promoted to AAA. One of these guys, uh, Sammy Long or Sam Long. I've heard both Sam or Sammy. I kind of like Sammy as a big yeah. leaguer. What can you tell us about like Sammy? Yeah, exactly. What can you tell us about him? He's He was in camp, I think, with the Giants this spring. Looked pretty good. I think he was the guy who, when Buster Posey called him over to throw, he went, that guy Buster Posey knows my name. I, I, used to, right. I used to watch this guy at the ballpark. So he's a guy who may help the Giants out. They could use some help. They're waiting on maybe Tyler Beatty. They've got a spot in the rotation right now uh, that was previously occupied by Eric. Aaron Sanchez and by Scott Casimir. What can you tell us about Sammy Long? He's a real find. I mean, talk about somebody who came off the radar. You know, he'd never pitched above a low A before this season and four years with the Rays and the White Sox. Uh, had some injury troubles when he was with the Rays. But a big-time arm, I think, spent a lot of that time when he was home in, you know, in Sacramento and the season wasn't happening, really refining his stuff. Left-hander with really four average to above-average Major League offerings, which you know really puts him in a position to be a starter. I know he did mostly relieving earlier, but I, they really think they've got a chance to develop him as a starter. I mean, he's been going in that like kind of four to five inning range uh, so far with Richmond and Sacramento. And his Triple A debut, I think he struck out the first five of the first six batters he faced. You know, so he has a chance to have really dominant stuff. And if it doesn't work out for him as a starter, I think he's got you know plenty of stuff to fall back on to be a really good reliever. So it sounds like there's a chance they'll see him this week, and um, you know that'll give them a chance to see where he would slot in. And if he makes only one start or something before Aaron Sanchez comes back, who did make his first rehab appearance yesterday, you know he could maybe slide into their bullpen if they decide that's where they want to keep him. But I think he's someone who could fit into the Giants' plans long term. You do such a great job at this. I just love throwing names at you, just seeing what what happens. I, I pick something <laughs> up, I pick up a nugget. So I implore everyone to go check out your daily offerings there that you put up on that that thread of minor leaguers, Ace fans and Giants fans alike. So Melissa, you do a great job. I really appreciate the time, and we'll catch up with you. I'm thinking maybe about a month when we get close to draft time. What do you think? Oh, that sounds great. Thank you so much, Adam. I can't wait for the draft. I feel like it should be this week because it right. normally is. So. Right. Your, your <laughs> internal, yeah. internal clock is going off. So thanks exactly. a lot. Thanks a lot, Melissa. All we'll right. catch you later. Bye. Great stuff from Melissa Lockard. She really does do a fantastic job. It's funny, when I prep for these interviews, I sit here and, you know, I'm, I'm looking up and down the rosters, and we could talk Joey Bart and Elliot Ramos and Marco Luciano and Kyle Harris and all the great players everybody wants to hear about. But it's where you get the best stuff out of some of these minor league writers. You start throwing these names at them of people that they've been following, players that they, you know, find have great stuff. I love hearing that Sam Long or Sammy Long has got an opportunity to crack a big league club and throw uh, four average to above average pitches, and the Giants are looking for pitching depth. They're going to need that, uh, especially as they get into the dog days of summer here, everybody dealing with injuries in the same way the Giants are. 
Thank you to Melissa. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. We have a great show, a special surprise show for you on Friday. Dana White, president of the UFC, going to stop by the update. We can talk about the big fight that's going on this Saturday. Nate Diaz, couple of title fights. Uh, Adesanya, Izzy Adesanya, going to fight again. The style bender, they call him. He'll be on the card on Saturday. All stuff we can talk about with Dana White. So everybody, enjoy the week. Enjoy the start to this giant series against the Texas Rangers. Actually, the end of this giant series against the Rangers before they get ready to go take on the Nationals. And we'll talk to you on Friday with Dana White.